Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Draft Day, everybody. My name is Connor Lamonds. I'm here with my co-host, Justin Golba, for episode 78 of Bucketheads. We're going to get into a little Bryce Sensabaugh draft talk. Where do we think he might land in tonight's draft? Why was he not invited to the green room as a most likely a first round pick? All that good stuff, all that fun stuff. Non-conference schedule for the Buckeyes is finalized. But first and foremost, Justin, the Cincinnati Reds are an absolute wagon. How are you feeling? How are you feeling today about the Cincinnati Reds who the fans are no longer wearing paper bags on their head? What a turnaround from a year ago. I I meant to look this up before we started recording and I forgot. I genuinely don't think the Reds have lost since we last spoke. Um, Ellie De La Cruz has never lost. Pretty sure that that's that two weeks ago we talked about Pittsburgh and how maybe I did this. Maybe I I reverse cursed the Reds. I did say that the Pirates fans are like the plucky, even though we suck. It could be us, while the Reds fans have just been absolutely miserable and downtrodden and just kind of angry all the time. Um, literally that day, Ellie De La Cruz was called up, and you're right. I don't. I would have to look at the schedule. They may not have lost since we uh, recorded two weeks ago when I said that. And it's not just him. They're so young. They're so good. Andrew Abbott is like apparently the greatest pitcher to ever live. I, we're we're here. We're not going anywhere until yeah, we don't pay don't, anybody, and then they all leave. I I don't know what to do with. We're not going to go too deep into baseball because people don't listen to this for baseball. If they, they might not even listen to this for basketball. They might just think that we're dumb jackasses that like to ramble, which is also true. But um, that division is kind of a shit show. I think the Reds are the Reds are in first. Not I think they're in first. The Cincinnati Reds um, are in first place in the NL Central, and it is almost July. But I think they're like four games over five hundred. Um, the problem I will say, unfortunately, the next three uh, series series is series are the Braves, the Orioles, and the Padres. So it does yeah, get so much tougher. That is a that's a really brutal stretch. That's um, a anyway. and then we play the before the All Star break we play the Brewers four times, and after the All Star break we play the Brewers four more times. So that might decide the division right there. Yeah, pretty much every team in that division still has a record that from the Reds, who are a few games over 500, all the way to the Cardinals, who are already 
one of the stinkiest teams in baseball. Literally any of the teams in the NL Central, I think, could win the Central. And also any of the teams in the NL Central could probably end this season 10 games under 500. I, I'm really not, I'm not sure how it's going to shake out. But I currently wouldn't bet on the Cardinals and I would not bet on the Pirates. Anyway, moving on to hoops. We got the draft tonight. It is, I believe, at 8 o'clock on ABC or ESPN. So if you don't have cable, you don't have ESPN, you also can get it locally on ABC. Um, Bryce Sensabaugh is almost definitely going to be drafted in the first round, but he was not, I don't believe, unless he's gotten one today on draft day. I don't think he got a green room invite, Justin. I don't think he will physically be at the draft, which they pretty much invite all of the first round picks. Yeah, he didn't get. He, yeah, he didn't get an invite. I'm not honestly positive what the exact criteria is. Malachi got one last year, right? Or did I he just remember. go? I honestly don't remember. I don't remember what the exact criteria is. I have seen a couple mock drafts recently that has Sensible going kind of in the really early second round range. So maybe that's why I saw one that had him go to Detroit at 31, and one going to San Antonio, which would be hilarious at 33. They're just. It's going to be Wemby and Buckeyes in San Antonio. But um, I've also seen him still as high as 17 to the Lakers. So I don't know. Um, I kind of hope the Cavs maybe – I've heard some rumors the Cavs are trying to trade up to 23, take the Portland pick. Uh, I think he might fit there. Not that – I mean, I tried to get Brandon to the Cavs last year. I'll try to get send the ball to the Cavs this year. But um, I'll just keep that narrative going. And, um, yeah, I, I think that – I don't think he's – I think this is probably a good sign, or not a good sign, but a a strong sign that he might be falling towards later in the first round, maybe early second round, a little bit like EJ did last year. Um, but I don't know. I, th- this draft is just seems like it's kind of been a guessing game outside of Wemby going first. So we'll see. Yeah, I think uh, John Fanta, friend of the pod, John Fanta. I think he has Sensabaugh going twenty seven to the Hornets. And I'm looking at Sam Vicini's draft, and I'm trying to find Bryce Sensabaugh. Um, and he has – Sam Vicini now has Bryce Sensabaugh going number 34 to the Hornets. So both he and Fanta actually have him ended up in Charlotte. But um, I wonder if it's the knee. We don't have any info on the knee. No no questions or answers have really been asked about his knee that um, – yeah, that answer was never given, right? No, he didn't play the last couple games, um, which I think, in my opinion, contributed to Ohio State in a kind of a backwards way. I think it kind of contributed to Ohio State making that run in the Big Ten tournament just because they played so much better connected defensively without him on the floor. Um, he didn't play, and then I know that Adam Jardy talked to him last month, and he kind of asked him, you know, are you – Pain free? Are you are you full go? And Sensabaugh didn't really. I don't think that Bryce really gave him a clear answer on that, which to me meant to me I took that as no because if you are fully healthy, you probably just say yeah, I'm good. Um, I don't know if that's part of it or if it's the defense. Um, but yeah, some of these mock drafts do have him sliding into the second round, and that was like literally like that's been the talking point. That was the talking point for Malachi last year. It was a talking point for Sensabaugh this year, especially from the coaching staff at Ohio state. They said, you know, Bryce has been told that he is a pretty much a surefire first round pick. And that's why he's not coming back. Well, and it's a little bit interesting too, because I think 
when he didn't participate in the five on five scrimmages about two months ago, to most people that was a sign that okay, he's got a first round guarantee or he knows he's going first top twenty, whatever the case may be. Maybe the knee wasn't quite healed up, and that's why he didn't go. I don't know. This is all speculation, of course, because uh, they haven't said anything. But, um, yeah, I'm not a draft expert. I'd be curious to talk to somebody like a Sam Vecini and see, like, do you even think Ohio State's run in the tournament maybe hurt his draft stock a little bit? You know, just because, I mean, us a 5-15 and 15 team in conference rattled off three straight wins in three days without him. I don't know. Uh, CBS, I'm just looking up different mock drafts now because I'm curious if like all of them have him sliding to the second. CBS has him going 20th overall to the Houston Rockets. So there's one that has him like safely in the first. Um, I'm going to keep looking to see what other ones I see here. Um, that would be, that would be a bummer if he slid to the second. Although in my opinion, I don't know if there's a huge, a huge, huge difference. You could tell me if I'm wrong of going 28th overall in the first round or like 33rd into the second. I'm really not sure if there's a massive difference. There's first round money, but I'm not positive what the exact difference is. I don't. Th- I think it's more of the signing bonus in the years that are guaranteed. I think just for being in the first round. So, like you're saying, that there might be like a, a big difference of going like last pick in the first versus first picking the second. I think the signing bonus might have something to do with it. I'm honestly not positive. Yeah, that's see, that's one of the things. If if we don't know something here, we're not just going to talk out of our ass. So I'm I'm truly not positive if there is a big difference of going last pick in the first or first pick in the second. Um, let's see where Bleacher Report has him going here. Blah, 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 it's not blah, a blah. secret. We're college hoops guys. You know, sometimes with the draft, we're not positive. Yeah, that's one of the that is one of the things that sometimes will bother me with podcast is they'll that's how people get clipped saying dumb shit is you say dumb shit and you don't know you're talking about all right i'm in bleacher report and man where is he all right bailey bright sense about bleacher report like 31 to the pistons so it looks like about half of these that was the one i saw yeah about half of these mock drafts do have him going in the second round that would answer the green room question i guess so I thought that he was a surefire first-round pick. It looks like maybe not. Maybe it's the knee. Maybe it's the defense, although I tend to think that defense isn't all that important to NBA, not nearly as important as your offense. Um, so we'll it's see not, what happens. But I, I do think when you're kind of a tweener in terms of size, like Bryce might be, like is he a two, is he a three? He's definitely not a four. I think defense might play more of a role. My question with him has always been, and I kind of had the same question with Malachi, if you put him at the three, do you expect him to go out and guard Paul George, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant? Probably not. So it's kind of like I don't I don't know. It's he's in kind of a very weird situation of like he's got to be really really good on offense, and he is. Don't get me wrong to see the floor because I just don't I just don't know that his defense is going to hold up in the NBA when you look at who he might be having to guard. And maybe you can hide him in a zone, put him on a really good defensive team. You know, there, there's different ways the coaches can do that. But, you know, like if he goes to the Heat or something, Spolster's a master at that. So we'll see. But I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see kind of how he's utilized in whatever system he goes to. Yeah, I mean. I do. I was also watching the College World Series today at work, and um, I was talking to a coworker, and I understand why they can't do this in the NFL and NBA because there's such, there's such a discrepancy in how many draft picks you get. 
but it is great in college how you can be drafted and or college baseball you can be drafted and still go back to school if you don't like where you got drafted because it does suck like like you said it seems like Bryce Sensball at one point he was like pushing lottery pick now he might be a second round pick and all this stuff has changed it would be nice for him to have the option to see where he gets drafted and then go back to school but I understand that you can't do that with the NBA when a team might have one draft pick and then that guy dips. It happened to the Cavs when they, they drafted a uh, a European player, but they didn't have his rights or something, and he just stayed in Europe. It was a weird situation, but um, it'd be nice if that was the case, but I know that's that's not an ideal world because, like right. I said, you could have one or two picks and they can't go back to school. You're just screwed. So Yeah, but, the Major League Baseball draft is like, what, 30 rounds, 50 Yeah, rounds Johnny Manziel got drafted. Like, that's how you know you have too many rounds. You're just it's drafting a, guys for it's fun. It's a million rounds in baseball. Where, yeah, and in, in the NBA, like you said, some teams might only have one pick. Some teams don't have a pick because they've traded picks away. So then they might have, have like their first draft pick in like two or three years. So, um, yeah, it's sensible. It's, I was going to say Malachi was – to me, Malachi is clearly a guard, not a three, not a four. Whereas to me, in my eyes, Bryce is, is also – Bryce is not a guard. Malachi is a guard. Bryce is not a guard. But they are very similar, like Bryce is a little thicker. I don't think Bryce is all that much taller than Malachi, though. So, I mean, you're right. Like, what made what made Bryce Sensabaugh such a problem in college is that in a very odd way, like, he was more of the size of a guard, but he had more of the skills of a three or four, but still shot the ball more like a guard. Really, really good from the perimeter. That helps you in college because you're such a tough mismatch. But I think it kind of hurts you in the league because, like you said, is he going to be chasing around Damian Lillard or is he going to be able to step up on, like, Paul George or Kawhi? Uh, probably not. But, you know, Sean Tate, another Buckeye, has shown us that, I mean, if you work hard enough and you are good enough at specific things – you can kind of break out of the mold and still make a, a successful career for yourself. Um, it, it's just a little tougher. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was Reddick that said, "Find one thing you're good at and be absolutely amazing at it, so they can't take you off the floor." And that's kind of something that I think Bryce needs to <clears throat> kind of lean into because I think that's going to be his niche when it comes to, you know, the NBA and stuff. But. Obviously, and, uh, obviously, there, the, there's something there because you know teams have him going as high as 20 in the NBA draft. So, and I mean, other than the other than the Cavs, because you like the Cavs, um, I literally I, I do not watch the NBA. Um, I follow along on Twitter, so I know what's going on with the NBA. Just what I see on Twitter with with the playoffs, and I guess regular season too. Just what I see online, but I'm not tuned into the NBA during the season as much as you are. Are there teams other than the Cavs? that you look at and you're like, oh, I could actually see him fitting with X team. Like there is a need, probably in his case, it's just there's just a need for a score. They have an empty spot where they need to fill some offense. Are there any other teams that you think like he would be a good fit and like also their pick is in the range of like 15 to 30 that you think would work? Uh, Yeah, Lakers at 17. I think the Lakers makes a lot of sense. They're one of the better defensive teams in the NBA. They just really struggle to score at times, and that's where Sensabaugh can kind of be that lift. Miami, maybe. Similar situation. Uh, they just struggle to score at times. And Golden State is the next pick. Whatever happens to Draymond Green will affect this because if they lose Draymond, they're going to need to figure out some defensive options. But um, I think Sensabaugh could be really nice on a team kind of in that, 
he's a better defender, but kind of in that Dante DiVincenzo role, you know, get some rebounds, knock down some shots. Um, obviously, Dante DiVincenzo is still there as well, so he can't really play the role of somebody that is still doing it. But Memphis at 25, maybe, just because I think they're losing Dylan Brooks. I think they already said they're not bringing him back, so they, may, they might need some perimeter scoring. Um, but they're a really good defensive team too. So it's just any of those teams that the, – the thing I want him to really avoid is like unfortunately where everybody has him like going, which is like the Rockets or the Spurs or the Hornets, a team that's very young – and like especially the Rockets, a very offensive minded team. He his I think his best option would be going to a team that is really good on defense and needs to fill that hole of like a ten to twelve point score a game. That's where Sensible can be the most useful. And then you can hide him on defense in those kind of zones and in those schemes. Um, you know, where where guys can be a little more effective. It's kind of like the Lakers used Delo this year. His defense wasn't good, but he was good enough on offense that they used him on offense and then would kind of hide him on defense and, and play that way. And ironically enough with Bryce, I think it's, I think that he's a bit different than some of the recent uh, guys who have gone out to the draft for, um, sorry, not for, from Ohio state. Uh, Ohio state has had several guys in recent years that when they declared for the draft, like, although pretty much all fans, there's going to be somebody that's going to say, they need to come back for another year. It doesn't matter what the situation is. Fans are going to say they need to come back for another year. Recently, Ohio State has put a few guys in the draft where you're like, I think that either he is a surefire first-round pick or this guy is maybe a guy that's not going to get drafted, but his stock's never going to be higher. Like Dwayne Washington was a guy that if he would have come back for his senior year, I don't think there's anything that he could have done short of winning like National Player of the Year where Dwayne Washington would have had a better chance to get drafted than where he went, which was right after the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament when he was just absolutely on fire. Like he was at like his stock was as high as it was probably going to be. And if he wasn't going to get drafted as a junior, he wasn't going to get drafted as a senior. I think you probably agree with that. I don't think yeah, Bryce's I situation think- is the same. I think now we're seeing like Bryce is only 19. He potentially could have come back. If he ends up going, say, 32nd overall, he probably could have come back and raised his draft stock a little bit. Maybe. Um, I I don't know. It's tough. It's tough because, like, the two things with Dwayne, I think, that come into play is, one, I don't think the average kind of fan with the NBA understands just how important age is. I mean, you look at, like, there were literally no flaws in, like, a Jalen Brunson kind of game. But and he probably should have been a top five or top ten pick in pretty much any draft. But because he came out of college as a four year player, and I think he was he was probably twenty two or something, um, you know he went he went later in the draft. That's all. I mean, he was literally national player of the year, champion, you know. But because of that, he went in the second round, you know. So just because of his his age, I just I think the average fan doesn't quite understand just how important the difference of nineteen to twenty two is. Um, so yeah, the con- the concept is if you can if you're not going to improve your stock at all or even if you're going to improve it a little bit you just want to get out there and get your pro career started and kind of it, it's the reason why guys go to overtime elite it's the reason why guys go to the G League um, even though I think we're seeing with Amen and uh, Amen and Asir Thompson that the overtime elite route might not be the best because you just don't play the best competition it's pretty much as simple as that um, but I just don't think. 
And also when it comes to Dwayne, what he was really like, what he could have improved upon is things you can improve upon in the NBA. So I don't think it was, I don't, like you said, I don't think him coming back would have really improved his draft stock. He just, we said it's about EJ Liddell. All he would be is one year older at that point. Exactly. Um, with Bryce, because he is so young, he was a freshman. He maybe could have improved his stock, but at the same time, you also look at the this is this is kind of considered to be a weak NBA draft in general, just in terms of the names you have and kind of outside of obviously Wimby um, and probably Scoot Henderson. You know, there's a lot of fluctuation in like six through even like eighteen of where guys can go. I mean, Jordan Hawkins just through the NCAA tournament went from like a second round pick to borderline lottery pick. So I think maybe that plays a role of just like, Hey, I can probably get drafted higher in this draft than next, just because this draft maybe is not the strongest in terms of just the depth of it. Um, I, it, it all, it all just depends. It's so t- I mean, if Bryce Sensabaugh came back and then in the second, second game, he snaps his ACL, you know, it, that's right. So it, that, that's just the risk you have to play. I do think NIL factors in, but I, we've seen the numbers on NIL in college basketball. It just doesn't compare to a first round. So it just doesn't compare to a first round contract uh, in the NBA. It doesn't it's not, it doesn't compare yet? I don't think it will. So when you have these kinds of different options and stuff, and with Sensenball, I, I do think his defense will improve upon like like if he goes, he's going to go to an NBA coach. You know what I mean? He's going to go to a guy that different a different assistant that might be able to get his hands on him that could work with him a little bit. Obviously, we know how good the coaching staff in college is, but. NBA coaches, they have a little bit of a different mindset. They play a different way. They play a different offense. They play a different defense. It's just best sometimes just to get your pro career started, get in where you can, and just kind of figure it out as you go. And I think that's kind of what we saw with – we see that with a lot of guys. Because it's not the nece- – and I've wrote an article about this. I think people – first of all, I don't think people understand, honestly, just how good an overseas career is. Um, it, they look at so many overseas careers and they're like, oh, what a bust. And it's like, no, most people just play overseas and have this. They get paid millions of dollars to play basketball in Italy. Like, it's not the worst thing in the world. So I think Sensabaugh will land in the NBA, but even if he doesn't, he's probably just ready to get his pro career started. You know, whether it's whether he does go overseas, whether he plays in the G League for a little bit, whether he sticks in the NBA right away, who knows? I mean, you see different cases of it all the time of guys who you didn't think might stick that did like an Austin Reeves or guys that you did think might stick, but didn't just kind of examples of those. So I don't, I don't know that coming back would have immediately helped his draft stock. It might've, it just also depends on what NBA teams are seeing that they don't like, you know, is it, is it his defense? Is it his, you know, is it the fact that they didn't win? A lot of teams don't like that. You know, that's what, that's what's killing Imani Bates. Everybody knows Imani Bates can score the basketball, but he was on a six and 24 Eastern Michigan team. And every 40-point game he had, they lost. Stuff like that. Are you a winning player? That kind of aspect. Uh, and hindsight is twenty twenty. also. Like, we don't – Always, always. We're, we're recording this before the draft, and there's – the range of where he's going is still, like – it's still pretty wide. There are – like we said earlier on the top of this was there are mock drafts that still have Bryce Sensabaugh going, like, 17th pick. Um, I forget who has the 17th pick. Let me scroll back up here. Because I know the 18th is Miami Heat. 17 is Lakers. Right. So there are mock drafts that have him going 17 to Lakers, 18 to the Heat. If he goes 17 or 18, nobody can say he should have come back. Like, he should have come back. He'd have been a, a lottery pick. Like, dude, if you're 17, you're three picks outside of the lottery, get your money. 
if he goes 33 or 34, there will be people that are saying he should have come back. He could have, yeah. you know, he could have raised his stock. And if he goes 34th overall or something, they, those people might be correct with Bryce. They might be correct. They might be wrong too. Um, the difference is just like you said, the age. In this case with Bryce, he just finished his freshman year. Being a going freshman to sophomore, being a year older, does hurt your draft stock. Age is one of the most important things in the draft that you have no control over. But it's way different than EJ Liddell or Dwayne Washington going back to the draft as a 22 year old. So Bryce might have had an opportunity to increase his draft stock. We really don't know the answer to that until we see where he goes. But it's just a totally different case than like EJ Liddell, Dwayne Washington, uh, Kata Bates, Diop, those guys. Because once you're past 20 years old, just getting older, it's something that's out of your control, but it hurts your draft stock so much. Well, and you also got to look at look at a, an example of like um, a Jalen Johnson, right? When it, he was when he was in the 2020 recruiting class, he was going to Duke. He was in every mock draft preseason. He was a top three, top five pick. His one season Duke didn't go great. Now he falls to 20th, you know, and he's kind of still working his way into the rotation with the Hawks. He's played better, but, you know, there's a world that his draft stock could go up. There's a world it could go down. You know, you just, you have to play the card. You have to play your cards. And it's like you said, could he go in the early second round? Yeah. But for the most part, all we ever heard from him was he's going in the first round. All we saw was he's going in the first round. So that's probably all he heard. So you take your risk and you go now. I mean, you can't. It's so hard to pass up. It's the same it's the same argument we've had. We've had this argument since B.J. Mullins, right, when everyone was like, he should have came back for another year. It's like, why? He had every intangible to play in the NBA. People view Costa Kufis as a bust. He's had a, he had a 12-year NBA career or 10-year. That's not a bust. If you last in the NBA for 10 years, you're doing something right, and he's still overseas playing ball. So it's like I, I think people just have a little bit of a warped view of like, yeah, not everybody's going to be Kevin Durant. Not everybody's going to be Jason Tatum. Not everybody's going to be Trey Young. But as, if you can find your niche, last in the league, even if you're just a role player for your entire career, you can still make a lot of burn and a lot of money. And I think that's kind of what the what – the, I mean, if Bryce Enzabal stays till he's, he's a senior, right, he still might go 18th in the draft, but now he's 23 and instead of 19, and he just lost four years of possible NBA money. And we all know it's not a secret – the money is in the second contract. So you want to get to that second contract as soon as you absolutely can. And that's kind of the, the, the mindset behind that. Yeah. And, you know, we'll see tonight where he goes. We'll see tonight where he lands. Now, Bryce is – he is going to be drafted to an NBA franchise tonight. He is going to become a pro tonight. Right. He's going to put a hat on tonight. Yes. We don't know where exactly he's going to go. He's going to go somewhere. Um, before we stop talking about the draft, I do want to ask you – this is a an interesting – just thought I was having as I've been, um, I follow both Justice Suing and Sean McNeil on on social media. Mostly Instagram is what they post on the most. Both of those guys have been getting workouts with pro teams. Neither of those guys, barring a, a huge shot, neither of those guys are getting drafted tonight. But there are plenty of guys who are undrafted free agents who end up signing with the G League and end up, you know, getting up with an NBA team and having success. Um, if one of those two guys, Justice or Sean McNeil, if you were to look up in a year from now and one of those guys had even like a bench role with an NBA team, which one of those two do you think is more likely to catch on? 
Justice by far. I, I fully expect Justice to be on a summer league team. Um, you know, a lot of guys are on summer league teams. That's not me saying he's going to get a contract, but I do expect him to get a summer league invite. Sean McNeil, I think, is just your kind of prototype overseas player. You know, I mean, he's a good he's a good player, but I just don't know that his size and his athleticism will translate to the NBA at all. And you do have guys, obviously, that aren't the most athletic or not the biggest, but they just shoot the lights out. I don't think he's quite at that level sniper yet to be, like, on, on an NBA team. The best comparison is going to be, like, an Austin Reeves, but I think Reeves is so much better at creating his own shot and creating off the dribble for others. That's something that Sean McNeil's never really done. That's something Reeves can do. And he's a better defender. So um, I would expect Justice Suing to get at least a summer league invite and then kind of see where it goes from there. Yeah. So, I mean, there are layers you have, like, obviously if you're, um, if you're a first round, if you're a first rounder, you're going to sign your first NBA deal. And then the next layer down is, um, you know, some guys might sign two way deals where there's going to be an opportunity for them to play some games up with the NBA team. And there's going to be um, games they're going to have to play with the G League team. And then below that, there is, you know, just like your summer contract, which we've seen um, Buckeyes go undrafted, but then sign a two way deal, which is, I believe, what Dwayne Washington did with was his was his first team the Pacers before he went to the Suns so I think that's what he did when he was undrafted was he got a two-way deal with the Pacers and then there were other guys who did summer league I think I don't think Caleb Wesson got a two-way deal I believe he was just a strictly a summer league contract um so I don't know if either of those guys would get a two-way but I think that probably I think both of them will probably get some kind of summer league contract you would think and usually that news breaks within like two hours of the draft being done because all these teams behind the scenes, they're even talking to guys like, hey, we're probably not going to take you with our second round pick. But if nobody else does, we're going to be calling you tomorrow night because we want you to suit up and meet us out and wherever the summer league is played. So I think both of those guys nice. will have a good chance to, to play some ball this summer for a professional team, um, although it may not be a two-way deal. Yeah, and from what I saw, Suing played well in the Portsmouth invite, which is a pretty big deal for guys that like don't go to the combine. So that definitely helped. So we'll see tonight. We'll see tonight where where, where Bryce goes. Um, interested to see where where in that wide range he goes, and then I'll be even more interested. Maybe not more interested, just as interested to see if uh, you know Justice and Sean if they get a two way deal or if they um, sign up and and get summer contracts right tomorrow night after the draft ends. Carmen's Crew, TBT, TBT starts next month. It was announced like a while ago that Carmen's Crew was going to participate, and then we just didn't really hear anything for like a month. And then yesterday it was confirmed they are playing, they are in the Dayton Regional. Starting on July, I need to look at the date, July 26th, and they do have an eight-man roster that's mostly Chris Holtman era Buckeyes. Yeah, I think I fucked up because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so when Carmen's crew when they were talking about like this selection show, I was I like I I looked up Carmen's crew and they were on the teams on TBT and their roster was listed: Caleb Wesson, Keyshawn Woods. CJ Jackson, all this stuff, Kyle Young. 
And I thought it had already been announced. So I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I just ignored it. And then the next day, Adam Charney dropped his article that was like, exclusive. Here's the Carmen's crew roster. I was like, oh, damn, I probably could have said that yesterday. But uh, anyway, so I think I might have missed the boat on that one. But that was kind of funny. Uh, so I was like, oh, shit, my bad. Um, but, yeah, it'll be fun to watch. It's not going to have the same nostalgia for me of, like, watching Kraft and Diebler and, and those guys. But William Buford is still playing, which is pretty cool, which kind of makes sense. He is younger than those guys. Um, but no David Lighty. I think he's, you know, he's done. Obviously, no no, no King Jeff Gibbs. Uh, he's <laughs> he's ridden off into the sunset. But it, it's, it's nice that they kind of – I mean, it's, they did exactly what Sullinger said they were going to do. They took the year off to revamp the roster with younger guys, and they only brought back one from the original car, kind of Carmen's crew, Scarlet and – what was the what was the one name? Scarlet and Gray? They did Scarlet and Gray, and they did um, – yeah, they did Scarlet and Gray before – I think Ohio State might have told them they can't do that. So they had to change. Yeah, they got in trouble. Yeah, so they did Carmen's crew, and uh, so it'll be fun. It'll still be super fun to watch. I mean, Kyle Young is. It'll be cool to see him back on the court. Obviously, a fan favorite. The Weston brothers, C.J. Jackson, you know, Keyshawn Woods, kind of that early Chris Holtman era guys that uh, kind of surprised everyone, especially that first year where they finished like second in the Big Ten, um, and then even the year they struggled, they had that huge tournament win over Iowa State. So. Definitely, I, I think, a fun fan favorite kind of group. Javon Best is kind of a name that you might remember from Michigan State. Um, and then Trevor Thompson, who played he played for the Red Scare last year, right? Yes, he did. That sounds right. So he's back. So that'll be nice. Be interesting to watch Trevor Thompson and Caleb Wesson play together. I'm assuming they won't be on the floor too much together. But still, they kind of hit every they hit every box. I mean, they got a point guard. They got. A, I'm surprised Shannon Scott's not back. Um, I'm a little surprised Lenzel Smith isn't back. Those are two of the kind of that felt like younger guys that might return. But um, other than that, it'll be really fun to watch. Always is. That tournament is so much fun. It's just such a good idea that I've said multiple times I had 10 years ago. Kind of a small roster. That was my first reaction. They have eight guys on the team. Um, hopefully none of the eight, you know, as it happens with TBT pretty much every year, as it gets closer to the tournament starting, you have guys that um, withdraw Maybe they get offered um, a contract overseas. Maybe they, they pick up a, an NBA two-way deal or a summer league deal where um, all of a sudden now that they have a, a pro commitment, they can't participate. So hopefully with eight guys in the roster, you know they don't lose anybody. Maybe they even pick is, somebody up. Correct me if I'm wrong. We've heard rumors of Deshaun Thomas playing on this team for basically like six years. He never played, did he? Or did he play one year? No. I don't think he, he was, ever played. I don't think he – I'd have to look that up. I I think he was on the roster for one year, but he had like a wedding or something and he never played. Maybe a little soldier. I would need to look that up because I feel like – It was just funny because I remember every, every year it was like, is Deshaun Thomas playing this year? Is he going to play this year? And I don't think he ever did. I need to look it up because I – I actually – I can't give you a first sure answer. For some reason, I feel like he did play on the team one one summer, <laughs> and it was one of the summers where they only made it one or two games in because I feel like I remember noticing him playing, but thinking he would have way more of an impact than he actually did. Like I thought, was it the go- year? Was was it the year that uh, they lost to the Illinois team in the first round? That was high. That was un- incredibly underseeded. I feel like he did play. And the I year after just, they won the, it would have been the year after they won the championship. Remember, they lost in the first round to like the Illinois team, but Mike Dom was on it for some reason. He just lit them to shit. 
2020, I don't know if there Poor was. Poor Diebler kept getting switched on to them. It was a nightmare. Gosh. So 2020, there was a, a, a TBT because that was like. That was like the only sports. That <laughs> it was, was like the, during COVID. <laughs> that was the first live sports that we got to watch yeah. for like. They were like, we can't play any sports, but we're going to play the TBT. <laughs> yeah. And I don't remember if it was 2020 or if it was 2021, but I that's tough because it's not like you can go on ESPN and look on, up Carmen's crew roster and like just click the year back. But I'm pretty sure he did play one of the years, and I was just a little bit surprised that they didn't use him as much as I thought they would use him. But um, he's a guy that I thought fit in with that group of guys that I thought would play every year. Um, well, hopefully they don't lose anybody off of this roster as we get closer. I don't think this is a team that – I don't think it's a roster that's built to like win the whole thing. We'll see if they win a game or two. Um, I, I they're in a pretty favorable bracket, honestly. I mean the they're in the they're gonna play um the the overtime team or the what are they called? The overtime the Yeah, team overtime, which I wanna yeah. say is just like guys from maybe overtime elite. No, it's not. The overtime elite guys, most of them ended up going to weirdly enough, um they ended up going to um the Bayon's army, like DJ Kennedy and those dudes. Team overtime is like a bunch of guys I've really never heard of. Oh no, you're thinking of overseas elite. I am. O- you're correct. Overtime, I thought that was like G League type of guys. It is. The only guy I even recognize on this whole team is Romello White, who played for Arizona State. Um, other than that, I don't recognize a single player on this team. That doesn't mean they're bad, of course, but it's a lot of like Tennessee Tech and Salem University, like kind of younger, like. Gardner Webb. Oh, maybe Holman knows this guy. Um, so yeah, I don't know. So they would probably beat this team. I'm curious as to what I'll look it up real quick because well, I probably should have done this before the show. But um, I'm curious as to what the Red Scare team is. I don't think what's his name is playing the the star of the team. What's his name? De- De- not Devin. Uh, what's his name? For Dayton, Dayton has like they've returned like the four same like core guys. Like each of the last couple of years, yeah. But oh, Joel Jordan Cybert's playing. That'd be cool. Um, yeah, this Ryan Mike Sell, Scucci Smith, <laughs> Trey Landers. Yeah, I was thinking of the guy with the headband though. Um, he's not playing. He didn't play last year either. Oh, oh you know gosh. Um, yeah, it's like yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Somebody is screaming into their into their headphones right now with the name. Oh of God, name. I think I know. Deron Holmes? No, that's he's still on the team now. Uh, why am I getting his name? No, he's the, like, talking, the guy that had like the putback dunk like four or five years ago that won that one game. Yeah, uh, I need to look it up too. I don't remember, but I know what you're talking about. They, they've they've kept that core together for like a few years. Yeah, he was like their star. He's not there anymore. I don't think that team is like they're kind of one of the teams that they're one seed because they've won before. But this isn't the same team that earned that one seed, so I do think that uh, I do think they can be beat. I don't know who's on the Friday Beers team. That's what I'm interested in. They're the second. They're the two seed. Um, I'm assuming it's a. It's got to be a barstool kind of related. Oh, this armored athlete. Okay, well that's why. Um, so it's nothing to do with barstool. Never mind. Um, I don't know anybody on this team either. Oh, D Boss is on this team. He's a good player. Uh, Gabe York. York, I remember him. Yeah, Ian Miller, Julian. Okay, this is a really good team. So I do remember this team. And then Men of Mackey is also on there. 
but they're a six seed, which is interesting. So they must have lost some guys because they probably should be higher. Um, David Jenkins is playing. That's the most recent addition. Kelsey Barlow, uh, he's really good. Lewis Jackson. Oh, Nojel Eastern. I forgot about him. It says Robbie Humble's playing, but I would I would push back on Do that they one. Have, uh... Ryan Smith's head coach. <laughs> okay. I don't think there's anybody. So what? Do they have like Monster Farms on the roster? No, not according to their current team. So I don't. That's why they're a six seed. I don't think. I think they have a pretty good chance, honestly, of maybe moving out of that bracket. They're not going to compete with like the top top teams, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, Like I said, July twenty sixth, I believe they play in. Yeah, they play in the second. They it starts July nineteenth. They play in like the second round of games, which that's how the TBT always does it, and it goes through August third. Let me double check that. Is their first game July twenty sixth? Yes, sorry. Uh, that's a Wednesday, I believe. So, kind of a pain in the butt. July twenty sixth, kind of a pain in the butt that it's on a Wednesday, but it is UD Arena. I have gone to this pretty much every summer that it that it's been in Columbus, which they pretty much were a host site every year. It's a lot of fun. Tickets are cheap. I mean, you could argue like 2019, 2020, they were the face of this tournament. Them and yeah. overseas elite. Yeah, I mean it's it's fun. It's a fun watch. The tickets are usually pretty cheap. If if you're somebody that, um, it was so cool when it was in Columbus and they would show like Holtman in the crowd and like the current team in the crowd. That was really fun. Yeah, I mean it is a party. Every time it's been in Columbus, it's been a party. I actually think that credit to Dayton too. It's been a party there as well. The couple of years that it was actually out at Capital University, um, which is in Bexley, which is a suburb of Columbus, I actually thought that that environment was was a little better was a little better than um when they played it on campus because like out at capital university that gym was basically a high school gym and you basically had like when they when uh carmen's crew played red scare you had dayton fans on one side ohio state fans on the other side and it was basically like a high school gym and it was a ton of fun so a ton of fun. yeah and if you want to go you know tickets are on sale now they're in the dayton regional so they're not far and then the finals is in philly so it's also not crazy far so it's a great time I've never had the chance to go. but Last bit before we get out of here, Ohio State's uh, non-conference schedule is technically finalized. Um, we don't have the CBS Sports Classic matchup yet, but we think we know who it is. Um, they pull the non-conference schedule up, and I can run through that super quick. They'll open the season with uh, Oakland at home. Then Dumb. they will also host Texas A&M, who is Dumb. going to be a – they're going to be a ranked team. Then yeah, they'll play. Texas A&M is really, really good. That's going to be a great test early on in the season. Then they're going to get Merrimack, who Merrimack yeah. is a solid mid-major school. They lost a lot from last season's roster, but that is the team that um, they did win their conference. They won their conference tournament, but couldn't play in the they couldn't play in the NCAA tournament because they are still on probation from jumping from D two. So Fairleigh Dickinson got the bid. I believe that's how that worked. Yeah, and shocked the world. Uh, then it, they turn to some action on November 19th. They host Western Michigan. November 24th, they will face off against the Alabama Crimson Tide in the Emerald Coast Classic. And then Dumb. depending on if they win or lose that game, they would face Oregon or uh, I'm sorry, Oregon or Santa Clara the next day, which is the day of the Ohio State-Michigan football game. Dub. And then they return to more action November 29th. They host the Central Michigan Chippewas, fire up chips. Dumb. 
And then they will host Miami of Ohio on December 5th. It says 5 slash 6, so I guess that's still to be finalized. The Maction is crazy. Big time Maction for the home schedule. But and, the good uh, part is we're not playing any of the good Mac schools. <laughs> so That's very true. Then uh, CBS Sports Classic, December 19th. Um, it sounds like they're probably going to get UCLA, which I – Need to look closer, but I want to say this is going to be a down UCLA team from the last couple of years because they're going to lose pretty much all UCLA of their biggest contributors from last season. They're going to lose Jaime Hawkes. I think they lose Tiger Campbell. They lost Amari yeah, he Bailey. He transferred, weirdly enough. Who did? Amari Bailey? No, Tiger Campbell. Amari Bailey's in the draft. Tiger Campbell transferred to uh, where? Which kind of, uh, he transferred to. Um, oh, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get what? it. I'm gonna get it. I'm going to get it. No, maybe you didn't. Am I thinking of somebody else? I think you're thinking of somebody else. Now, who am I thinking of? Oh, did I just confuse him with Kirk Rizza? I might have. Wrong Pac-12. Yeah, no, guy. he's in the draft. He's not going to get drafted, but he's in the draft. Ah, my bad. So, yeah, they lose Tiger <laughs> Campbell. They lose Jaime Hawkeyes. They lose Mark Bailey. Um, that's, ooh, that's, that's a lot to lose. So, I feel like this yeah, Adam, is Adam team. Bona come back? I'm not sure. I think so. I'm not sure. If you search him on Twitter. Yeah, he did. They'll show you. Um, so they get, they'll probably get UCLA in Atlanta for the CBS Sports Classic. Then they face um, New Orleans at home. And they close out their non-conference with another battle with West Virginia, the currently coachless West Virginia Mountaineers yeah. up in that Cleveland. That could be a battle. Or that could also be a completely depleted West Virginia team of all of their good players because who knows how this saga is going to end. Yeah, because – Unless he'd been living under a rock, Bob Huggins resigned. Uh, I'm sure he was forced to resign because he got a DUI in the past week. So He was getting a head start on this game because when they arrested him, he thought he was in Columbus and not Pittsburgh. He was just heading to the game. He was just oh getting ready God. for it. Yeah. So pretty much all the West Virginia players, I believe, as long as they haven't transferred twice already in their career, Anybody that's tra- never trained. They'll probably get waivers because this is like that's such true. a specific circumstance. I mean, Kirk Reese literally said, I came to West Virginia because of Bob Huggins. So. Yeah. So pretty much anybody on that roster, if they want out, they can transfer out. So that might be a really, really, really bad West Virginia team without a coach or like any players, basically. Although there was rumors they're going to hire Joe Mozilla, which would be a hell of a hire. Obviously, that's not going to happen, but still. So that's the non con. It is challenging. I don't know if it's as cutthroat as last season. You have A&M in there. You have Alabama in there. You have probably UCLA in there. You have West Virginia. So it's a challenging non-conference. I don't know if it's as tough as last year when you had North Carolina in there. You had um, Duke was in there. Um, who did sure. play in the uh, – Who did they play um, in the – The ACC challenge was Duke. Well, they had also San Diego State, which ended up being yeah. a Final Four team. Yeah, they had San Diego State at, at Maui. Texas Tech. Texas Tech struggled in Big 12. They were still a good team. So, tough non-con. Um, Honestly, this non-conference schedule isn't as hard as it was a week ago because West Virginia might really be a depleted team. We thought they were playing Kentucky. Now they're playing UCLA in the CBS Sports Classic, which I do think UCLA is going to be worse than Kentucky. And also um, Alabama. I don't think they've officially signed Grant Nelson yet. So, if they don't end up getting him, they're not going to be as good as people expect. So. They'll still be. I still think Alabama's going to be. They're still going to be good. Don't get me wrong. But they're still going to be. Yeah, they're still going to be a problem. I think. For sure. But that's all I got for today. We got a lot of stuff on the draft. So um, watch the draft tonight, people. Support 
Support your, uh, hopefully your first round pick, Bryce Sensabaugh in the draft tonight, 8 p.m. ABC. We got non-con covered. Um, RIP Bob, Hubb- Bob Huggins. Um, RIP the ACC at, uh, Big Ten Challenge. That was tough to not see on the schedule. Yeah. All right. Anything else before we out here? Go Bucks. All right. You can. Uh, we're getting pretty close to the season. Oh, not really. We're kind of getting close to the season, though. It's coming. I can feel close. it. We're getting close to July, which is close to August, which is close to October. September. You just skip September, but sure. If you found us uh, on the website, make sure to also subscribe on Spotify so you get notifications when we put out new episodes. Right now, we are once every other week. Um, once we get probably into late, late September, we'll move it back to weekly as we get closer to the season. We'll probably do something special for like Carmen's crew too, just to get ahead of that. Maybe like a episode that week if we're not supposed to. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll do some extra stuff once uh, TBT starts. Um, you can also follow on Twitter. It is now at Bucketheads. Um, LGPN is the Twitter handle. Not a whole lot of activity going on there. Basically, it's just Justin um, passively like retweeting anything that has to do with Ohio State. Even if it's... Even if it's a play if it Ohio, says Ohio State, State, I'm hitting it with a retweet. retweet. The, the dude could be a, a, a commit to a different school, but if they had an Ohio State offer, Justin's going to retweet it just to keep people in the loop. I even did a Big Ten thing today because Antonio Reeves is apparently staying in Kentucky, and I did the whole quote tweet of, was an Indiana-Michigan target? So I'm even I'm branching out a little bit now. <laughs> if you hung with us this long, we appreciate it. Thank you for listening. You have a great weekend. Enjoy the draft. Go Bucks. I'm